Welcome to Cellmates Podcast. I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. And this is a, a podcast where we take two animated movies and kind of uh, analyze, destructurize, and kind of throw in a Venn diagram and yes. see what makes them tick, what's similar, what's different. And, you know, most of our movies uh, are often <laughs> Disney. Most are often, uh, but correct. not always. Uh, they are often musicals. Not always. And they're often good. Not always. Uh, and it's a, it's a, this is an interesting one. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I, I'm still having fun. I'm very excited, yes. <laughs> Dick, what, uh, what wait, have just you... To give, oh. Just to give the backstory on that, because I feel like that's a phrase we've used before and <laughs> we'll use again. We'll use again, for sure. Uh, we were, Kate and I were doing a puzzle, and it was maybe like our first or second puzzle of the quarantine and I was ready to be done with puzzling, and we were operating differently. We were using different strategies to sort the puzzle pieces. I was doing something that in my head was very logical, and you were doing something that I perceived as utter chaos. Which is correct. <laughs> um, and you were not happy with me, and I was not happy with you. And I was like, I was like, uh, I might be. I might be ready to be done puzzling. Like, let, let's take a break. And you, you looked at me and you just yelled, I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun. <laughs> Which, Which was an indication that we needed a break. That's, that's a clear indication that someone's <laughs> having fun. And when they angrily say that they're having fun. I was. I just needed you to organize according to my You just needed me to be away. <laughs> which is fair. So... Kate, what, what you what you what you drinking there? I don't know. Oh, I'll tell you. So go. Uh, it's limeade. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mint. Mm-hmm. Uh, grenadine. Yep. And um, Malibu rum. Oh yeah yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, it is called a rabbit. Ah. I found it online. It might also be called the rabbit. I don't know. Yeah. That's I interesting. I thought it was going to be oranger. You'd think so, right? But uh, grenadine, it just is a... It, it just, it overpowers. It takes over. There's so little grenadine in this, and it is just the brightest red drink I've ever like seen. Like grenadine or blue curacao, yep. and there's no hope in changing yeah. your drink another I sh- color. I should have halved the grenadine. That's it didn't, okay. It didn't say how much, and I was, instead of pouring it into a glass, I was pouring it into our uh, chiller that we have, mm. so I could not see the color. Well, yeah, and like green thing, like nothing's yellow like, to turn yeah, the, the red into orange. Yeah, the a little bit, yeah, but that's not, not really. Not so much. Yeah. Well, this is still delicious. Thank you. And I will say that, like, I've I've seen a rabbit with this color nose. Oh. Mm-hmm. And like almost this color hair. Does he have hair? Yeah. And oh, that's this orange, color though. dress. This color dress. This mm-hmm. color like uh, overall suspender pants. <laughs> yes, overall suspender pants. Um, like a Mario, like a regular Mario. Yeah, and. Dick, this is also the color of the um, the main Chicago Bulls jersey, as well. Yes. So, done. Which I think like their home jersey. I think it's their home jersey. I don't know if that's current, but I know in the nineties it mm-hmm. was their home jersey. That's correct. Jerseys change, so who knows? That's true. Well, um, the <laughs> I don't have a transition this week. We're talking about two 
rabbit movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, this is the least animated our podcast has gone, even with The Lion King and Cats. Yeah, because that's fair. Those movies are more animation. Those are still mostly animated. So we are talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. and Space Jam. Mm-hmm. I... I yeah, I'm really excited uh, to talk about the the judge. What's his name? Judge Doom. Judge Doom. What? That's oh. who framed Roger Rabbit. Shoot, spoilers. Oh, sorry. I thought also, you were his asking. eyes are red. The, the, That's the true. Keeps getting better and there's, better. There's a lot of red in these movies, unlike most movies unlike, where you never see the color where red. Where the primary color red is That's often true. forgotten. That's true. Did, most movies just. Blue and yellow. Give us before we we start uh, analyzing and dissecting. Mm. Give give us the center of this Venn diagram. Why why are we pairing these two movies together? What do you already know? They both have Michael Jordan. Oh, uh, that's not true. That's not true. They both have Bugs Bunny. They do both have Bugs Bunny. Uh, And they're both they're both a mix of animation and live action. Yes, they are hybrid films. Um, then yeah, they both use the Looney Tunes and mm-hmm. other um, IPs mm-hmm. to help tell their story. Uh, Though Space Jam features Bugs Bunny as our main animated, our ma- yeah, and um, who, who framed, framed Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit features Roger Rabbit, uh-huh. uh, who I don't know that I'd ever heard of before this movie. No, so... I think he's an original... Roger Rabbit is from the book who censored Roger Rabbit. Um, So it's a creation of that author and not a cartoon. Or And in the book, it's comic strips, not like Mm. uh, film tunes. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, comes out of a book. Um, Oh, man, imagine if this was comic strips. You'd have like Dilbert and... The Andy Cap and the Lockhorns. So I do all, like, think the, sitting on not, couches, not those, but like I think like Beetle Bailey and stuff, like the stuff that's in that weird land and Universal. I was just Islands about to adventure. say it's like the the second worst land of Universal Islands of Adventure. I think those are a lot of those are mentioned in the book, oh. the eighty one book. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to read the book now. Yeah. So Roger cool. Rabbit based on a book, yeah. Space Jam based on. Uh, the bi- just the biography of Michael Jordan. <laughs> based this on a commercial. Canon. Uh, yes, based yeah. on a commercial. But we will get into that. Yeah, we will. Oh, boy, will we get into that. Uh, look. Kate, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Uh-oh. We already did that. Kate, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Uh, what's what's your experience with Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Had you, had you seen this movie before? So I, I, I think I saw bits and pieces of it growing up. Like... I knew who Roger Robert Robert Rabbit was. I think I had seen like a Baby Huey cartoon. Who's also like new for like an original uh-huh. character in the story. Because Disney the pushed Roger Rabbit as his own thing for a while after this. They did, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but this is before. This is slightly before my time. This is '88. Um, so I don't believe that i saw this growing up and if Mm. i did i completely have forgotten about it but i knew of the characters they were familiar to me and then we watched it a couple years ago um and that was my first full viewing of it and uh, i i enjoy this movie a lot and i didn't think i did growing up like i'm like oh roger rabbit that's not for me i don't i mean based on what i know of young kate yeah 
is does not seem like it was for you. No, I mean no. it just didn't it it didn't pretend that I was in the audience, and so neither of us pretended. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Dick? What's your history with Roger Rabbit? I have no idea when I first saw this movie, but it was probably like eighty eight, eighty nine. Mm. Um, I love this movie. Um, I loved this movie growing up. I remember going to uh, MGM, MGM, not yet Hollywood Studios, mm. um, and they had like an eight hour long tram tour. And I don't know if I did the original super long one or like a shorter version, but I know I did the tram tour. And on the tram tour, you got to see the machine uh, that has like the dip from from mm. the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I remember being like really psyched about that. And you can like walk around the warehouse okay. that they're in at the end of the movie. And there's like the boxes with like all the gag stuff in them. The, That's really the cool. The holes and the, the punchy things. Um, so, yeah, I, I, was, I was a big fan. I like this a lot. Um, and unlike a lot of things that I loved when I was young, uh, I felt that this holds up. And that made me very happy. It's really, it's credit, Disney kind of credits, credits it. I'm having trouble speaking That's this all right. afternoon. Disney animators especially kind of eye this one as really the start of the renaissance. Mm-hmm. Like officially it's Little Mermaid, but they're like, we were doing some things on Roger Rabbit that we had never done before. Yeah. And it fueled, you know, everything that happened moving forward. Plus like it grossed 300, 350 mil. It did a really good job. It did yeah. great. It was, yeah, like a production budget of like about $50 million. Yeah. And it, yeah, which Disney had not done in a long time in its animation department. It was on its last legs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it like kind of helped save Disney. Absolutely. Like this, Ernest, and the Little Mermaid all got together to save Disney. What an interesting trio. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, Dick, uh, I would like you... For no particular reason, other than we do it every time, mm. uh, to summarize the movie "Who Framed Roger Rabbit" yeah. in two minutes. Okay, I'm going or to less. pull up Wikipedia, sure, so that I have all the character names, or maybe mm-hmm. IMDb, um, because I, I, I don't know if you noticed when I couldn't remember the name of the movie. I am <laughs> uh, bad at remembering uh, names. That's okay. So let's do this. Okay. Nope. I clicked on the wrong thing. This is riveting podcasting. Yeah. Uh, uh, clicking, on, clicking on the wrong thing. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. And who framed Roger Rabbit? Two minutes. Go. Okay, so Eddie Valiant is kind of like a down-on-his-luck uh, private detective whose brother died. He was killed by a toon, which is like unheard of. Uh, also, cartoons are real, and they live in a place called Toontown. It's just down the street. Um. He gets hired to spy on Jessica Rabbit, who's the uh, wife of Roger Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit is a very busty uh, lounge singer type um, who is like maybe having an affair with Marvin Acme, the head of the Acme Corporation, uh, which you know from cartoons. Um, So uh, Marvin Acme ends up dead. And Roger Rabbit is accused. But guess what? He was framed. Who by who? We'll find out. Um, So Eddie Valiant uh, resists the call, but then ends up helping Roger Rabbit out. They go searching for the person who 
framed him and who really killed um, uh, 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 Marvin Acme. And in doing so, they meet this dude named the judge. And the judge like is like, hey, you know how everyone thought there was no way to kill a tune? Well, there is. And he's got this stuff called dip. And oh, he dip. can kill cartoons. Uh, in the long run, it turns out that the judge is the one who killed Marvin Acme. Ah. He also killed Eddie Valiant's brother. Wow. And he's actually a cartoon. Wow. And he's creating a, a free... He wants to, like... Destroy public transit <laughs> and create a freeway, which is like a weird side angle in this, but I really like it. Uh, but in the end, he is defeated. Uh, there are these weasel henchmen that laugh themselves to death, and everyone is very happy. And they sing like a nice little song, and Toontown is saved. That was pretty good, huh? Cookies are done. Yeah. Uh, but I forget that I he's skip- building a freeway. Like, that's such an afterthought in the plot. It like- feels very <laughs> weird. Um, it's like, it's it's all the way through. Like, it's it's all the way through the plot. Like, they keep talking about the, uh, what do they call it? Like, the green line or the, the, the trolley mm. that runs through town. He rides on the trolley. He talks about, ah, the trolley, you could get, you know, it takes a nickel. You can get anywhere. That sort of thing. But, like... It still kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just, it's it's like, it's hinted at, but you're kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm busy focusing on the cartoons. I am not focusing on the mass transit. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, yeah, do you think it would have been a better idea to focus a third of the movie's runtime on the public transit plot that has nothing to do with Toontown or the live action If world? we could have focused a third of the movie on like clips... Of, like, Bob Hoskins just doing normal things, I guess. So, uh... Just, like, clips. Yeah, just clips. Just clips. And more, like... Like, we mentioned, like, Disney and Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes. But, like, we could have fit a few more brand mentions in there. And I would have appreciated it. Not enough. Like, what fast food brand does Bob Hoskins eat in his free time? Like, I think he was drinking wild turkey whiskey. That is true. That, so that's, you know what? So that's great. But he didn't say it. Yeah. And he didn't say, I need to get my wild turkey whiskey so that I... Like, he could have done a Popeye thing. Mm. Like, I need to get my wild turkey whiskey so that I can... Popeye oh. was not licensed to appear in this film. That's true. They actually... They, like, they, they went to a bunch of different cartoon studios to license uh, characters and... Not everyone said yes. Oh, they only got. They only got all of the, Disney, all, all the ones we remember and care about. Looney Tunes. Oh no! But there was. It was like Popeye and uh, I had it up at one point. Like I don't think there was. Was there any Hanna Barbera in there? No. Um, okay, wait. I'm but again, like who Jam. could who could possibly care? Right. If um, no let's see. So no Popeye, no Tom and Jerry, little Lulu, Casper, or the Terry Tunes. I don't know who the Terry Tunes are, well, but uh, anyway, no thank you, no Terry Tunes <laughs> in my in this movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, if if you are familiar with the plot of Space Jam, then you might know that we are starting to hint at it a little bit. Yeah, um, but I will say that you know, tangent to the plot of Roger Rabbit, you do have these cameos by. Cartoons, and this is one mm-hmm. of the things that was kind of one of the main, I think, marketing features yeah. of at the time is that 
you got Mickey, but oh, he's in the scene with Bugs Bunny. Yeah, what? like you got the main Disney guy and the main Looney Tunes guy mm-hmm. in the same scene together. When you got Daffy and Donald yeah. playing dueling oh, pianos. God, that Daffy and Donald scene uh, is really awesome. fun. Yeah. Like it's nuts. That's not a thing you expect to see. No. And they're not main focuses of the plot. Like, mm-hmm. it's original IP that's main focus. But it is fun to see those cameos. Oh, it's so great. Especially in 2020, where you're like, no one would ever <laughs> agree to that now. Like, like, everyone is so protective of their brands now. Or or we would get that when Disney bought Warner sure, Brothers, right? Sure. But this is a result of Spielberg kind of wheeling and dealing and mm-hmm. turning in favors. Um, yeah, because this is like Spielberg produced, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Correct. Uh, is the score... Hans Zimmer? The score is uh, Silvestri. Oh, oh, Silvestri, of course, because it's it's Zemeckis. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's, it's The the lineup on this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it pays off. It's It's so good. To to see, I mean, you know, animation and live action is something that Disney has been trying to do from the beginning with the Alice in Wonderland shorts and notably Mary Poppins. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, to do a whole movie like this, in 88, before computers super come into play, yeah. a lot of work, and it's it looks stunning. And like you can tell as you watch it how much work went into it. So, so you'd ima- so like seven years later, when computers mm-hmm. are much more in use in animation, yeah, and we've and already we've we've, done we've, this we, a couple times. We can learn now. from what Roger Rabbit did, right? So Space Jam, mm-hmm. then obviously must be much better technical Marvel, yeah. Space Jam looks like garbage. It looks like trash. It had a bigger budget. Uh, they did. It looks yeah. like straight trash. It, a bigger budget seven years later, but it's not that much inflation. It's like eighty million versus fifty million, but no. that's more than inflation. Yeah. Dick, uh, what's your experience with the movie Space Jam? I watched twenty minutes of Space Jam at a Boy Scout camp and fell asleep. <laughs> it was not the first twenty minutes. It was. Uh, I like. Saw Lola Bunny come in and do her basketball, and then I saw whatever was next, and then I fell asleep on the table where we were watching Space Jam. That's a that's a good choice. Thank you. You yeah. Uh, and then I watched it, I guess this weekend, uh-huh. last weekend, yeah, some point, yeah. What about you, Kit? We saw this in theaters. <laughs> I grew up just north of Chicago. I'm an Illinois native, and so. We knew all about the Bulls in my house. We knew all about Michael Jordan in my house. Like, not only are you Chicago people, but your dad is a Chicago sports guy. Yes. I I will say we means mostly my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we we were not all basketball people, but my dad very much so. Big fan. Um, You know, he had all of the, anytime they won a championship, which was like, Almost every year in the 90s, he had the new championship swag, like sweatshirts and jackets and stuff. And so... um, And this is... This movie comes out after Jordan has won three championships, uh then retired. And does he win one more championship? Does he come back and win one more before this movie comes out? So the timeline... We can can get into this now. So the timeline... (laughs) I was actively trying to figure this out during this most recent viewing of this. So my history is is I saw it once in theaters uh-huh. and we went with my dad's side of the family. I think it was probably like the day after Thanksgiving when we were all together because they're all Bulls fans too. Um, and then I never saw it again. 
And by by itself, like even having not much memory of the actual film at this point in time before watching it last week, it should tell me something that I saw an partially animated movie in theaters in the 90s and then didn't see it ever again. Mm-hmm. That is unheard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, that did not happen. So there must have been something uh, unique about this one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out, because there's, in real life, in real history, hmm. yeah, Michael Jordan is on the Bulls for a while, they do three championships in a row, then he retires from basketball, and then he tries, like, doing minor league baseball for a while, Yeah, he's not very good at it, No, and then he comes back to basketball, and they famously win three more championships <laughs> in a row, thus the three-peat repeat yeah. um, that was... A common household term in my home, and <laughs> so, so I'm trying to figure out during this movie because this movie starts. It has like an, a prologue, but it starts when Michael Jordan retires from basketball, right. and you follow his baseball career for a while. You like to think of this as uh, the true story of why Michael Jordan went back to basketball. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> What other reason would there be to go back to basketball other than he got convinced by playing a cartoon yeah. game for uh, for the the freedom of all cartoons and himself for eternity? Well, not all cartoons. Space aliens? Not all cartoons, because it's like he was only defending Just loony the Looney ones. Tunes. Yeah, that's true. No. Um, yeah, so you had found that this movie was in the works in the early nineties. And then it gets put on hold once Jordan retires from basketball. Yeah, he retired from basketball, and then they were like, well, we're going to put this on hold. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, oh, he retired from basketball, this is the perfect time to shoot a movie with this man who now has a bunch of free time. They're like, let's put this movie on hold. But it's not going to be called, it's it's not going to be Michael Jordan returning to basketball at this point. That doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. It's just going to get people's hopes up. Yeah, the change in the plot would be... Difficult and confusing. <laughs> um, but then Michael Jordan comes back to basketball when, and they're like, now we can do Space Jam. Yeah. And so they they kind of retcon the baseball part of it into yeah. their drafts. Uh, hey, draft, Kate, draft seems like a strong word. I feel yeah, like I'll summarize I this. feel like you're yeah, cheating a lot ready. by talking about the plot we're before ready. your two-minute plot summary. Yeah, all right. Ready? I'd like to remind you that you have two minutes I have only on this two plot minutes. summary. I know. I'm going to try really I'm going hard. to cut your mic at two. Yeah, great. All right, go. Michael Jordan plays basketball. Then he doesn't play basketball, and he plays baseball. Not so good at it. And he also plays golf on the side, too. So he's playing golf and then gets sucked into a hole by a Looney Tune. It turns out the Looney Tunes need his help because they have wagered themselves into a basketball game with a bunch of alien cartoons who are trying to save their space theme park from being super boring. So they want to enslave the Looney Tunes and take them to their theme park. And the Looney Tunes say, no, you need to give us a chance. We need to play you a game of basketball in order to save ourselves. But they don't know how to play basketball. And the aliens have uh, sucked the basketball talent away from real NBA superstars like Charles Barkley. So all of a sudden, they're really good. The Looney Tunes need to be really good. Thus, that's, this is why they suck Michael Jordan down the golf Absolutely. Uh, and then um, Wayne Knight joins them. And Michael says, no, I play baseball now. But then he gets quickly convinced because Daffy and Bugs bring him his like shorts and shoes from the real world. 
And uh, then he trains with them, and then they start playing this game against the Monstars. And uh, the Monstars are real good because they're big and strong, and they have all the talent from the NBA. Yes. But um, they, you know, they're Looney Tunes, and they use some tricks. And then Michael Jordan gives him a pep speech, like believe in yourself. And then he gives them some like placebo steroids, and then they all believe in themselves. And then they end up winning the game because Michael Jordan stretches his arm really long, like a cartoon, because he's in Toon World. And then they win the game. Um, luckily, they were helped by Bill Murray as well. Good. Um, Wayne Knight is also there. And, <laughs> um, and then Michael Jordan returns to basketball after baseball. He, he comes in a spaceship with the Looney Tunes to the baseball field to play another game. And then it, we assume he goes back to basketball yeah. uh, kind of after that. And that is the plot of Space Jam. Okay. In parentheses, 1996. Okay, that was amazing. You just got to lean in. Also, you uh, you described uh, Wayne Knight's uh, role in the entire movie with the sentence, Wayne Knight is also there. Yeah. He doesn't do anything consequential. He's delightful in this movie. He's fine. One of the, well, one of the, relative to this movie, he is delightful. Oh, yeah. He's one of the best parts of this movie, but he is a bad part of this movie. His, you think his character is going to do something, and then it doesn't I, really. I, I, I am under the impression that I love Wayne Knight, mm-hmm. but I know him from Toy Story Two, Jurassic Park, and this. And where's the? He, he's good in two of them. Where's the? I think he's good in all three of them. I, I, I find him obnoxious in this, and I don't think it's his fault. But this I find is him, news to me. We I find him obnoxious. Very recently in this. discussed how much we liked Wayne Knight in this movie. You've changed your mind. Compared, this is interesting. compared to the rest of this movie, yes, he's delightful. I mean, only under Bill Murray. Bill Murray's the best in this movie. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't even supposed to be in fifty percent of the movie that he's in. Yeah, like Wayne Wayne Knight. I put like he's he's in my top five in this movie. Okay. It's like Bill Murray. Uh huh. Uh, Larry Bird, <laughs> uh, Patrick Ewing, of course, um, then Wayne Knight, uh-huh. and then nobody. Oh, uh, one Jordan. of one of Michael Jordan's children. What? Well, who aren't his children? That's a weird. Okay, can so we let's, talk? Can we? Let's break. Okay, wait. I so I want to say. We are going to be tempted to spend this entire yeah. show talking about Space Jam. It'll be real easy. Um, but we want to we want to pitch you over to I. And it's interesting. I listened to a couple of bad movie podcasts, mm-hmm. but I had not listened to How Does This Get Made or How Did This How Get did Made? How Did This Get Made? Uh, which is Paul Shear, uh, Derek, Derek, and and, and uh, Paul Shear's wife June, yeah, June Lockhart, yeah, um, no, probably. So. They did a, an episode, a live episode in Chicago mm. of Space Jam, and it is a delight. Yeah. And they say many of the things that we would say about Space Jam. Correct. One thing we feel they did not focus on enough, because I am obsessed with it, is that Michael Jordan, uh-huh. uh, who lives in a modest house, <laughs> yeah, for some reason. In this movie. Um, okay, so Michael Jordan is playing Michael Jordan in this correct. movie. He's playing himself. And... Yeah, like a Michael Jordan who played for the Chicago Bulls, yeah. who played minor league baseball in Chicago. He's playing real Michael Jordan. Yes. And he goes home to his wife and kids mm-hmm. who are who have the same names 
as his wife and kids. Yes, they are playing real people. But they are not played by his wife and kids. Nope. They are actors pretending to be his wife and children. Mm-hmm. The children are, are fine. The but children they have, are, are lovely. They have such a small role. Yeah. You could have gotten Michael Jordan's children. And, it feels that way, right? And I don't know what, like, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's wife has, like, two lines. Yeah. You could have just had Michael. It's just, so, it's so weird one, to, like, have someone else cast as your wife. One of the things I have learned by digging in deep to the history of Space Jam yes, is please. that there are a variety of theories as to why Michael Jordan retired from basketball when he did at the peak of his career. Yes. One is that he was perhaps gambling on the sport. Wait, wait, wait. Michael Jordan gambling? And a different one is perhaps he was sleeping with a wife of someone high up in the NBA. And so if that was the case, Hmm. um, maybe his wife and kids not so excited to be in this movie at this point in time. That's fair. That's fair. Also, I I don't know. It's just... Michael Jordan's the one who signed the contract, not It's just so weird. Yeah, it's... it kind of breaks your brain to think about like, it. Like, just, like, don't have his wife and kids. Yeah. Or have her have a different... It's just... If I was in a movie, right? Because I've, I've acted before. I've done some acting. I've been in plays where I've had a wife. But that wife has not been named Kate Phillips. <laughs> and supposed to be you. Right. Right? Like, that's that would be weird to me. Sure. Okay. I just... Yeah. I can't. Dick, I mean, here's the thing. Space Jam is so overwhelming with things that could break your brain if you focus too much on them. Yeah. That you got to just choose one. And I think you've made a great choice. Thank like, you. Like, this is a great... So, other things in Space Jam that yeah. could break your brain. Um, the fact that an entirely new universe is introduced to us. This moron mountain in for, space. For no reason. For no reason. And they are cartoons and yet they are obsessed with the Looney Tunes. They watch the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan and his family watch the Looney Tunes. Which like, is the Looney Tunes a reality so show there are, like, or are they actors? Two different cartoon universes that have never met before. Yeah. But the Looney Tunes live under the surface of the earth. That's correct, yes. Um, But there's, all, I mean, and this is brought up on the Paul Shear podcast too, like there, you know, Marvin the Martian is a Looney Tune who lives on Mars, also underneath the surface of the Earth. Yeah, that can break your brain. If you, I'm just going to move on, but yeah. So this this movie is is bonkers. It's, like I thought it would like kind also, of hold up on I a just, bare bones level. Yeah. It does not. The, I just want to say. I just want to say we tr- we tend not to like we rag on some movies and we'll say like look. It's okay if you like it. A lot of people really like things, yeah. and it's not it's there's, not like up to us. Nostalgia. There's your yeah. There's your attachments to but this time period. You're wrong on this one. Space Jam is 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 terrible. There's like it's okay. Terrible. So this starts because of a commercial, right? The yeah. origin of Space Jam is a Nike commercial. Yeah. From the two super- commercials, to be clear. As, yes. But two consecutive Super Bowls of commercials for Air Jordans, where they include Bugs Bunny and make a joke, it's Hair Jordans. And the the first one is 92. I think that's And correct. it's like a solid Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, it's like fun. You're bringing together two superstars, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. And Bugs Bunny is animated like Bugs Bunny is animated. Yeah. And then the next year, 
they introduce an alien plot right. into the Air Jordan, Hair Jordan. But it, it is Marvin the Martian. It is Marvin right? the Martian. And that, and that commercial is, it like, you watch the commercials back to back and you get like the promise of what Space Jam was supposed to be <laughs> ah! and then what ah! happened to Space Jam. Because yeah. the second commercial is just sensory it's just, overload. It's just bullshit. Jump cuts, no transitions. You have all, no idea what's all going like on. ultra wide, fisheye lenses on Dutch angles, constantly zooming in and out. I don't know how you make this for a Super Bowl commercial. I Anyway, but that's more of what the movie looks like. So you take it's this premise, though, that like Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan playing a high stakes basketball game yeah. together. That's a good idea, uh, especially I'd, for 1996. I would love to watch that. That it's sounds a great fun. idea. How do you make this movie from yeah. that premise? Well, Kate, Why are there aliens? Kate, give me, Why do they say the word slavery so much in this movie? Kate, oh, my gosh. Okay. Give me a give me an idea of how to make a movie where Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan play basketball together that doesn't involve slavery. Go. Um, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think you could. It's it's insane, right? Like they say "slave" so many times, uh, and there are like Bugs Bunny's like, you don't understand, Michael Jordan. We're gonna be slaves. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. And there's like a moment where. Was it the space aliens like literally like with a hot metal iron stick like brand Michael Jordan with some symbol and it's like oh no this is too someone should have taken a look at this it's not good so all right so we're we're going into this Venn diagram section of looking at who framed Roger Rabbit in Space Jam yeah. with a clear bias um, <laughs> let's let's just get yeah. that out of the way yeah we have opinions. So let's so let's break it down into smaller chunks. So maybe mm-hmm. Space Jam has a little bit of a of a chance of well, and, being talked about. For and some I think merits. there are things worth talking about with both of these movies. Mm-hmm. And even though Space Jam uh, was less successful artistically, it was incredibly successful financially. Yeah, with no small part due to the popularity of Michael Jordan uh, and the popularity of uh, Granny. The most popular Looney Tune. Um, so both of these movies have live action and animation integrated, yeah. and they both um, explore animated characters in live action backgrounds and the inverse, right? Live mm-hmm. action characters in animated settings. So, right, because Toontown, Bob Hoskins goes right. to Toontown, and, and right. anyway, um, what what what. Makes for a good-looking integrated scene like that. I think one of the biggest things is lighting. Mm. Um, and when we watched Who Framed Roger, we really should have watched Space Jam first because I sure. feel like it was unfair. Uh, but I really thought Space Jam was going to be better. Um, but like the there's a scene early in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where Roger is sitting in like a back alley. He's sitting on like a box in a back alley or a trash can or something. And the shadows, like the whole movie is kind of shot noir, right? Mm-hmm. Like big on shadows, big on like the the use of light to, to tell the story. And Roger Rabbit has animated shadows on his body that match the shadows in the scene. Yes. And I couldn't help but go like, holy shit, this looks so good. Yeah. Like... 
he was integrated into the scene super well. He has the same, like, like if the film, like, because all films have like, uh, like either color correction or like a certain way they're shot to make it look either muted or super bright or whatever. And he like, I feel like his color grading was the same as the movies. Like he wasn't popping off the screen. He was just a part of the, the scene. Um, so I think I think for me lighting was was one of the biggest things. And it was one for them too. Like the cartoons were animated after the live action films were seen mm. were filmed. Um but they went through like three like after the cartoons were like finished in terms of the drawing, they went through like three additional layers of like lighting and composite. Oh wow. Yeah, with what the lighting is in the scene. It and shows. so yes, this it is shows. It, this Holy is cow. a fine-tuned detail that it really makes a big difference and you kind of forget that they're cartoons like mm-hmm. you it's just super suspended disbelief from the beginning um because yeah the lighting is great i feel like i'm never i'm never aware that you know bob hoskins or anyone else is acting to nothing mm-hmm. right <laughs> the i feel like the eye lines are pretty good apparently they had um is it Charles Flesher, Fleischer, who yeah, played yeah. Roger Rabbit? Apparently, they had him like off camera in a Roger Rabbit costume, like, like not, not full mascot, not like, like bunny helmet. ears, yeah. But like he was wearing the same clothes that yeah. Roger Rabbit was wearing, kind yeah. of like an Ethan Slater SpongeBob um, delivering the line. So at least he had like an acting partner, but he still had to look where Roger Rabbit was. Um, and I believe. I mean, because it's 88, most of the live action stuff is just in those rooms, right? Like, yeah, Hoskins is acting in his office it's all or in his set, bar yeah. or whatever. Space Jam yep. um, comes in the middle of a computer uh, revolution in terms of animation. Worst thing that's ever happened to us. Honestly, like, besides Pixar. Yeah. But... There's like, what What year is it? Is this 95? This is 96. This is 96. So this is a year after Toy Story. This is yeah. three years after Jurassic Park. Michael Jordan acts exclusively on green screens. Um, almost exclusively. Almost exclusively. Because uh, he does appear in his lavish three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bathhouse that Michael Jordan would have. <laughs> so nuts. Like, I had friends who had much bigger houses than Michael yeah. Jordan's house in this movie yeah. after winning three championships with the Chicago Bulls and... Uh, monstrous commercial deals and like we like <laughs> we um like your family gets together most christmases mm-hmm. and like rents a pretty big house yeah like an airbnb we rents a pretty big house like three or eight four of us. bedroom net yeah yeah it's but not. like eight of us are there there's like a big living room it's not yes. it's not a giant for mansion us in, or anything. New, in new york apartments it is for us in enormous. new york it's very big <laughs> but it's you know like maybe four or five hundred thousand dollar house sure. like big pretty big house and those are bigger than the house Michael Jordan lives in. in absolutely, this movie. absolutely. That's that's the context I want to give. Yeah, it's a modest house. Yeah. Uh, so nothing in, yeah. against this house. It looks like a very nice house. Michael Jordan doesn't live in that house. Yes. So to clarify, when Michael Jordan is acting against his children, who are his fake children, who are named after his real children, yeah, uh, <laughs> that is not green screened. He is in a real <laughs> situation. But anytime, anytime there's cartoons involved complete green screen and then like 
basketball players dressed in green unitards mm-hmm. and or uh, everything's green improv it's like they hired people from the groundlings as well yeah. to be like the tunes or whatever so like kudos to michael jordan for not being an actor and then not literally not having anything to work off of yeah in 90 percent of this movie i right? mean look michael michael jordan uh acting against a green like um if you watch the like special features of Phantom Menace, um, oh my God, what's his name? Jar Jar Banks. No, oh my God, he's in Anakin Moulin Skywalker. Rouge. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. I wanted to say Ethan, and I knew it was wrong. Ewan McGregor, who is a great actor and probably one of the better performances in the movie, is like, there's there's nothing anywhere. There's no people. There's no sets. It's a nightmare. Mm. Like, he hates acting on the green screen, and he is Ewan McGregor. I mean, so maybe that's a situation where, like, it's easier to train someone for a new job when they have no training at all, <laughs> right? The right. blank slate. Like, Michael Jordan doesn't know what acting is supposed well, to be. In, so, like, in fairness, though, look, Michael, it's he's, this. <laughs> he's done some commercials. And but a lot of them have been with Bugs Bunny. And so. <laughs> the really good one with Bugs Bunny, he was just on a basketball court. Mm hmm. And in the bad one, I think it was like a bunch of green screen shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you'd think with the advances in technology and and what they learned, because the, the director of this movie reached out to Zemeckis to ask, like, what's your advice? And <laughs> Zemeckis' advice was, don't do it. It almost yeah. killed me. Uh, <laughs> so that should have been the first sign. Yeah. Um, it, it looks remarkably worse than a movie that was made seven years earlier with a smaller budget and less precedent. Okay, um, but in fairness, Robert Zemeckis, not really known as being a great filmmaker. Um, <laughs> unlike the director of Space Jam, who directed two commercials and then Space Jam, uh, Robert Zemeckis did before this, Forrest Gump, Death Becomes Her. What? What? Uh, three Back to the Futures. Forrest Gump is after. It, it's Sorry, before I mean Space before Jam, Space Jam. But yeah, uh, Romancing the Stone. Like Robert Zemeckis. Robert is Zemeckis a is a talented director. A very talented director, and he's like, "This is too much." Yes. And the guy who has directed two commercials is like, "I'm pretty sure I can do this I if Robert this. Zemeckis can do this." And 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 you see the challenges, right? I I feel like. One of the reasons this movie is so transitionless and like we spend long scenes in either Michael Jordan's live action world or like just with the Martians and stuff. Yeah. I think some of the reason for those long scenes that have nothing to do with the movie are like filler because they could not make a 90 minute movie of the hybrid. Like there They just could not. The credits were like five minutes of clips of michael jordan playing basketball the opening credits yeah it opens it with him as a boy entire song of space jam yeah. right um yes yeah like welcome to the space jam that it's song yeah so long mm-hmm. and i got so bored watching cool things happen yeah michael jordan is it's, it's well, like it's just archival footage right it's like michael jordan being a chicago bull but it's it's like awesome archival footage yeah michael jordan is amazing to watch mm-hmm. like 
I've watched some basketball. I was really into basketball for like two years and then kind of fell off. But Michael Jordan, like even if you don't watch sports, you can watch him and be like, holy shit, that guy's very good. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best people at this. And it's really interesting to watch that. Mm-hmm. But just like, you know, The Wiz, when they do like a weird medium yeah. shot and make Michael Jackson look boring. Yeah. I got very bored of watching Michael Jordan dunk. Yes. I, I And I think that goes two ways, right? Because a lot of his scenes, he doesn't play as much basketball in this movie as you'd expect. Not too much. So a lot of his scenes with, the, a lot of the hybrid scenes are him having conversations mm-hmm. with Looney Tunes. And so in that situation, you're like, all right, the Looney Tunes are going to do most of the heavy lifting. Um. And they are boring, too. I feel like that's more of the Michael Jackson looking boring in the Wiz analogy here. It's like the Looney Tunes are boring in this movie. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about how they're used. Yeah. I mean, so so hybrid wise. Yeah. It doesn't look as good as Roger Rabbit is the mm-hmm. is the ultimate. The sight lines are off. Sight lines are off. The, the fact that they use kind of computer animated 2D hybrid of character models makes it look for better like for lack of a better term, green screeny. Yeah. And the, it's not the worst, like No, but I also think some of that is the style of the movie. Mm. Roger Rabbit has a film noir style. Yes. Like some steady shots, some very dramatic lighting, and it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Space Jam's style seems to be commercial, commercial or like Ad, highlight like, reel. Yeah, because it's so many shots where you just can't can't put together what's going on. You have no. no like feeling for where the space is or how big the room you're in is. Yeah. It's it's very chaotic and. Adding in a bunch of like Dutch angles and adding in a bunch of fisheye lenses to distort things makes it even worse. Right. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Now I'm ready to talk about Looney Tunes. Thanks. Okay. So, okay. Well, can you tell me about your like experience with the Looney Tunes? Uh, Looney Tunes are one rung on the ladder above peanuts for me. You do not like them. And that I do not care for them. Yeah. But I at least. I understand their appeal. They are about physical humor and sight gags and puns and tricks. Mischief. Mischief. Yeah. Yes, that's a great word for yeah. it. And um like we it you know, they were in syndication when we were growing up. We weren't allowed to watch Looney Tunes for a lot of my childhood because one time when my brother when my younger brother was like 2 or 3, he like hit me on the head with a wooden block and made some kind of like boing sound or like something from a cartoon and so huh. cold turkey my parents were like nope wow. no more looney tunes That's uh, funny. no power rangers no like nothing with violence and somehow he got around that for superheroes but yeah um you try and keep you try and keep superheroes away from your brother yeah, there's gonna be trouble it's not gonna work uh so so i i will be the first to admit that i did not have a strong attachment to looney tunes growing mm-hmm. up which may be just why i never really got into them but I also they're not they're not my jam anyway. Um, what about you, Dick? They're not your. They're, they're not my space jam. Okay. Um, I, so I I really like the Looney Tunes. Uh, I I kind of burnt out on them as a kid because I watched a lot. Um, I was like a big fan of uh, of Tex Avery uh, and his style. Um, 
And just like the general vibe. I like the kind of 1930s, 40s caricatures and like trying to like as I'm getting as I got older, like, oh, I get this joke. This is like Casablanca. I saw that movie. <laughs> um, and I like that like it's, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of there was a lot of entertainment for kids. But a lot of it was for kids. Mm. It was like very, I very much felt like I was being talked down to. Mm. Um, and Looney Tunes never did that. It's just like, cool, here's here's this reference. You get it or you don't. Yeah. You figure it out, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the thing I liked about Looney Tunes. And I just, I like the mischief. I like the, you know, I had, I had favorites. I, I could never care about roadrunner but i liked bugs bunny i liked daffy duck elmer fudd like that sort of um that sort of like interplay of characters i thought was really Mm -hmm. really fun so i i really liked the looney tunes and yeah and they are in both of these movies that's correct yeah so in as the looney tunes expert of (laughs) of this couch okay um can you give an example from roger rabbit of a Looney Tune being a Looney Tune. Yes. Uh, Roger, uh, or um, uh, Eddie Valiant, uh-huh. our, our like main detective guy hero, uh, like falls out of building. And he runs into uh, Bugs Bunny on his way down. This is in Toontown, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's falling from a building and he runs into Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. And Bugs Bunny's like... Uh, hey, uh, you're falling without a parachute. That's uh, that's pretty dangerous. And he's like, does anybody have a spare? And Bugs Bunny's like, I don't think you want it. No, I want it. I want it. And he gives him, it's a spare tire. Uh-huh. That's the joke. But like, it's Bugs Bunny being mischievous. Being a jerk. Being, being <laughs> yeah. kind of a jerk. Yeah. And causing trouble. Uh-huh. And that's, that was spot on Bugs Bunny. Yeah. It actually... Uh, uh, detracted from Mickey a little bit because Mickey is not that, and Mickey's like laughing along. So it's like I mean, like it's almost like Bug Bunny is like old, stealing. Old Mickey might have done that. That's true. But like newer Mickey, yeah, definitely Mickey not. who like well, made actually, an instrument out of a goat. New, his... new Mickey, yeah, might do that too. That's, that's fair. But yeah, it was it was a little weird to see Mickey causing trouble. All right, but yeah. Well, Dick, that's really impressive because the Looney Tunes only show up like two or three times mm-hmm. in Roger Rabbit so that you were able to come up with a, an example right away yeah. is very impressive. Yeah. All right. So Space Jam, mm-hmm. all full of Looney Tunes. Full of Looney Tunes. Can you think of an example in Space Jam of a Looney Tune being a Looney Tune? Oh, man, yes. When Bugs Bunny gets like all the Looney Tunes together and is like, hey, guys, we got to think of a plan <laughs> and, work, and work together. So, so a problem in this movie, I'm, I'm detecting, I don't know anything about Looney Tunes, uh-huh. but perhaps the Looney Tunes in Space Jam uh, don't really act like Looney Tunes? At all. There's like, I mean, okay, so I can, I can think there's, of... I mean, there's, there's wackiness and gags and stuff. But not that many. Not that much. There's like, I can think of like Daffy, like, like once Michael Jordan falls into Looney Tune world, he's mm-hmm. like, we have to inspect you. And so he gets out this like doctor dentist kind of chair and then like pumps him up to the sky yeah. and like it's all this kind of 
loon, you know, loony, 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 toony stuff where it's just, you know, all these things that could never happen and squash yeah. and stretch. And that feels like Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. But again, so much of this movie is just Michael Jordan talking with Looney Tune characters. And it just feels like a tremendous waste of resources and of like these these characters that are beloved and are beloved for certain things. Yeah. And you're just kind of throwing a lot of that out the window. Okay. Wait, what about... I got another Looney Tunes scene I want to throw at you. All right. So... All the Looney Tunes are like playing basketball, I guess. They do and, that in this movie. Yes. And Lola Bunny comes in, everyone's favorite character, Lola Bunny. Oh my god. The um the rabbit with breasts mm. and clothes. Yeah. For some reason. Bugs Bunny's naked. She comes in and she plays basketball normally and then leaves. What a great scene. So loony. So loony. So That's what I'm here for. I mean, yeah. Okay. Can I go back to? Can I go back to? Are you going to talk about Roger Jessica Rabbit, Rabbit next? <laughs> uh, no, I am going to talk about uh, tw- Tweety Bird. Sure. Uh, before, before he falls. Before Bob Hoskins. Uh, before falls. Bob Hoskins falls uh, and runs into those uh, uh, the, the, those fine folks, he's like hanging from a flagpole, and Tweety Bird yeah. like pulls his fingers off. Uh, uh-huh. And he does like the, oh, one little piggy went to market, one little piggy went home. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm all out of piggies. Yeah. Great. Great. I mean, I would say that's very comparable that's, to the scene loony. in Space Jam where uh, Tweety is inside an iron lung after being beaten <laughs> at basketball. That's almost the same thing. <laughs> Tweety is in an iron lung. The, I mean, I will say the only... for. For being a really long final basketball scene between yeah. the Toons and Michael Jordan and the Monstars, yeah. that's really the only scene in the movie where you get to see the classic kind of Warner Brothers stuff, right? There are like, I don't know if there's an anvil involved, but it feels like there's an anvil right. involved. And there's stretching and there's like goofy antics and pulling tools out that you didn't know were there and things. But like, like it also, feels the most not in an, the character. Not enough of it. No. Like to no. where. At one point, Bugs Bunny is like riding a, a little scooter, and I'm like, "This feels out of place." Mm-hmm. Like they could have done. I I mean, if only there was a real example of comedy basketball done well over the course of like fifty or sixty years and still being entertaining. I don't know, but if there was an example of that that they could have pulled from, that would have been nice. I don't know what you're referencing. Oh, I'm talking about the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh. Who have been around forever. Would you describe that as comedy basketball? Is yeah. That the, is that the number one phrase to describe that? What would you describe it as? I don't know. Like c- circus basketball? I don't know. Sure, circus basketball. No, I'm not sure what I would describe They're, they're as. the clown princes of the court. They're like basketball entertainers. Yeah. But yeah. They, they do funny like things while they're playing show. basketball. Yeah, that's fair. Look, all I'm saying is the Harlem Globetrotters have a formula and it has worked forever i'm not saying they're the funniest thing on earth yeah. i've seen them once uh, it, was, it was a good time i was a kid it was fun yeah. they do kind of the same gags every time but it's okay it's mm-hmm. like a fun basketball show but like there's a pacing to mm-hmm. that show the washington generals are buffoons uh who get tricked by the harlem globetrotters who do things very Bugs Bunny like, I would say. Like, 
they trick them and play tricks on them. Mm. And the the Washington generals are like, whoop, I guess I got tricked by that. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a way to do Looney Tunes comedy. So I think, you know, one thing you just said that hit me is like, Bugs Bunny plays tricks, right? Bugs Bunny is a character made for a serial, a short form serial, yeah. right? Bugs Bunny is not meant to carry a 90 minute movie. No. He's not meant to have, it like, it reminds me a little bit of like a goofy movie. That goofy is so different than goofy of the shorts. And mm-hmm. they make it work. But like, you really just have to kind of create a new character for goofy. But also, yeah, Max kind of is, right. the, is the character. Right. It's not a goofy Whereas, well, it is a goofy movie, right. but it's not. In, but just like Mickey Mouse can't carry a movie. No. He unless can carry 10 to 15 minutes. Kind of start from scratch. Yeah. And so they didn't do any work on Bugs Bunny to adapt his character for long form. And so he just ends up being boring yeah. if he's not doing his shtick. I, I mean, they poochied him. Like, they, they, say more. <laughs> like the, the classic Simpsons episode... Uh, where Homer becomes the voice of the new character on Itchy and Scratchy, who's Poochie. And Itchy and Scratchy are like Tom and Jerry, yes. right? They're Looney Tunes characters. Ultra violent, though. Poochie comes on. He's like, hey, I'm cool. And, yo, I like surfing. What's up? And that's not funny. And everyone hates it. Because he's just there. Yeah. And that's what they did to Bugs. But they were like, oh, this Bugs Bunny's going to be cooler. But he's not right. going to be funny at all. Right. Whereas in Roger Rabbit, they use these IP characters very wisely and mm-hmm. that they just have them show up once mm-hmm. and do a thing that is in line with their shtick. I think Daffy and Donald probably have the longest scene of any cameo, right? Do you want to, do you want to talk about that? The dueling pianos. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And like Daffy and Donald are a natural pairing. They're kind of like... Really easily frustrated and competitive by nature. And then to have them playing against each other, really funny. Then they start doing escalating pranks on each other to try to get the other one to stop, like to screw up. And And by dueling pianos, like it starts with them just playing piano. Uh And then it ends with them like (laughs) one of them like has a cannon come out of his piano and explode the other one. It's so great. It's wonderful. And then that's it. They don't have to carry the next scene from there. That's what Roger Rabbit is for. That's what the new characters are for. Yeah. And Roger Rabbit acts like a cartoon sometimes. Mm-hmm. He has quirks where he does these like weird outbursts and stuff. But you have a character that you're following along yeah. from the movie. And so I feel like in Space Jam, no one really gets to do that. The cameos in Space Jam that actually work the best are the NBA players. And and I'd say Bill right? Murray, yeah. And Bill Murray, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I... The NBA players have like weird sequences that mm. are that are a little too long. Sure, but like they're fun. Yeah, like for the most part, they're pretty fun. Yeah, I, I think Patrick Ewing was my favorite actor of the. He NBA does a good players. job with the physical comedy. Yeah, he's uh, funny. Charles Barkley, not so much. Nope. Um, I, I like Muggsy Bogues does a good job. Yeah, I know my Muggsy. Yeah, he's and funny. there are others. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, you like come back to them and the the shtick with them, again, it's a shtick, um, is that now that they don't have their basketball talents because the little alien stole it, like how do they adapt to life? And if they aren't basketball players, what do they do now? And 
And that movie... It's really cute. That movie sounds way more yes. interesting... Yes. ...than the movie we watched. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like a fish out of water story. These guys used to be amazing basketball players, but these aliens stole their talent. Mm-hmm. What do they do now? Yeah. What is like a seven foot dude uh, who barely speaks English do now? And I feel like you could have done that. And not that the- all basketball players barely speak English. I specifically mean like the European center. Oh, okay. Yeah. To, uh, sorry. To, I was be, I was on to my just, next thought, so I just wasn't... to be clear. Great. To be clear, in case that was yeah. misinterpreted. Um, but like you could have done that with the auxiliary Looney Tunes, right? Yeah. Like even Daffy, I feel like is a small enough character, especially in this movie, to be like, all right, well, how does Daffy react to learning how to play basketball? Right? Even if you're going to stick with this kind of absurd premise, yeah, you need to ground it in like a new dynamic character for Bugs. But then you can have the Looney Tunes do all of this cool stuff on the opposite side of the NBA players. Yeah. But they don't really do that. They just kind of operate as a weird like group unit of a character. Yeah. Even though, I mean, that's another thing is that Looney Tunes don't really interact they don't hang in their out. shorts. Like, in, you, don't, you don't see the Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny hanging no, out. No. It's, it's, Only a cut. Like Bugs and Daffy, I think, have some right. together. But. Um, yeah. So... so as you were talking, I thought of something that I would have really liked to have seen. Hmm. I would have really liked to have seen Michael Jordan teaching the Looney Tunes to play basketball the right way. Yeah. And the Looney Tunes doing something hilarious. Looney. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's how you shoot a three-pointer. Not that there were any three-pointers in this movie. Uh, it was just dunks. All dunks. The entire time. Everyone dunks. Um but he could have been like, here's how you shoot a three-pointer. And then Bugs could have been like, ah, yeah, I'm Bugs Bunny. Funny thing. Right. Or do kind of like an Amelia Bedelia type thing where he says three-pointer and they think it's something like they, right. you know, they like grow an extra hand to point in three directions or something. Right. Right. Like. But that's a Looney Tune thing. There's a bunch of things that you could have that's done. That's fun. Like, yeah. He says something, they take it literally. Yeah. Um, I feel like we didn't use the Tasmanian Devil for... Anything but cleaning a basketball court? Yeah, that was weird. What was the deal there? Uh, Dick, I, a lot of this movie is is not... It just doesn't hold up to the slightest bit of scrutiny. Uh, that's the least of our problems here. That's true. Also, Danny DeVito is in this movie. Why? Yeah, he's like not used. Why? He's not used. He's the... Technically, he's the villain? I guess. He's the chief of... The Moron Mountain amusement park that sends the little guys to go fetch the Looney Tunes to okay. enslave them. Can we can we go back? Oh, also, that was supposed to be a live action Danny DeVito. Yeah, and then they changed it into a cartoon because they didn't have time. They kidnap the Looney Tunes because they run an amusement park named Moron Mountain, and one of the rides breaks. And the kid's like, this is boring. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we have to kidnap yeah. the Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes. The problem with the park is that one of the rides is broken. I That so is the problem that we see with the park. Is I that took the it ride to is be broken. kind of like a last straw. 
I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here, right? Like if one ride can break and a kid says this park is boring, you got some larger structural problems with your park. Yeah, but start by fixing that ride instead of... Sure. Kate, you've been to a couple of Six Flagses. <laughs> have you cared if the Looney Tunes were there? The Looney Tunes are at Six Flags Parks. And have you cared? No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Did... Did they inspire you to go to the park? Absolutely They not. might inspire me to stay away from the park. <laughs> yeah, I don't have as much problem with that premise, although it's just an extra layer in this movie that doesn't need to be there, although I really like the word monsters. Oh, monsters I is mean, a great word. I mean, that's great. We say that all the time. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's that extra layer that gets my mind back in that cars mode. Sure. Where it's like, why did you give me this information if you don't want me to pay attention to it? Right. Don't give me the information about the theme park. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter at all. Just be like, oh, we have an outer space basketball league and I need to kidnap these basketball players to take their talent. Right. And then the Looney Tunes get involved. So, like, so, But this theme park... I I feel I'm sorry. I feel like I'm getting really exasperated here, but you are. I'm just so upset about about the way this movie was put together when it could have been something really fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that starts with I, I think it starts with the idea to greenlight it, and then I think it continues with poor writing, and then I think it continues with poor directing yeah. and poor, like. Whereas Roger Rabbit, you've got. 1940s and you've got cartoons and you've got noir and those are kind of disparate elements that you're bringing together right mm -hmm. um but but it, they make it work, oh, it work they so integrate well. it seamlessly i think there are two i think one that the cartoon characters are allowed to be characters mm -hmm. at least the main ones and they're themselves mm-hmm and you've got kind of a like you're drawing attention to the fact that they are cartoons. Mm -hmm. I feel like in Space Jam, it doesn't super matter that the Looney Tunes are cartoons. It just... No one is amazed by cartoons being no, a thing. No, no. Wayne Knight isn't amazed. Bill Murray is not amazed. But that's okay because that's... Michael Jordan. That's yeah. a funny Bill Murray thing. So be like, yeah, it's cartoons. Whatever. Yeah. But Michael Jordan is just like, hey, it looks funny. But yeah, you, but you're playing on this quirk yeah. in Roger Rabbit in ways where, okay, like, we are learning a lot with the live-action characters, what cartoons can and can't do, mm -hmm. what their, like, needs are and concerns are, and, you know, what causes a cartoon to die. It's different than what causes a human to die. Yeah. And all of that is, is integrated, and it works really well together because there was some thought put into, all right, how do we do this? Can, can we talk about the rules of cartoon? Yeah. Um. This is something that 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 I've, I've been thinking about is in Michael in Michael Jordan in Space in Jam, Michael Jordan Space Jam in Michael Jordan's Space Jam starring Michael Jordan uh, and McDonald's Michael <laughs> Jordan is like just a normal guy in a cartoon world and at the end Bugs Bunny reminds him that he's in a cartoon world so Michael Jordan to shoot the final shot of the game. Uh -huh stretches his arm out super far across the entire court like a cartoon would do mm -hmm. and dunks dunks the ball yeah and at one point i think he's like 
smushed up into a ball and dribbled? Yes. So those are kind of the cartoon rule moments. Did those work for you in Space Jam? So, I mean, by that point, my brain is just so exhausted that I'm done caring. It seems (laughs) like... It seems like there's opportunity much earlier on for Michael Jordan to explore his cartooniness, yeah. right? Like, what? Why do we even need to play by the regular rules of basketball here? Because no one, you get to the game and no one does play by the real rules of basketball. No. Not even the monsters. Not even close. So, there's yeah, there's a focus on like Michael Jordan's expertise being needed, and yet it's really the cartoon. I don't know what the message of this movie is. I think it's, I believe I can fly. And touch the sky, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess believing in yourself is how he because convinces this, the cartoons to go on for the second half of the game. Because this movie starts with Michael Jordan as a child shooting free throws. Oh my God, there's and it, so much movie. It ends with... Michael Jordan shooting... Winning more like championships cartoon? for the I don't Bulls. Know. Like the the look. Nothing ties in. No, no. It does not. Um. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm done with Space Jam. Yeah. I, anything more about Roger Rabbit you would like to tap into? Um. We'll probably hit it in our. I mean, let's. Uh, uh, we haven't really talked about this beforehand, but I do. Uh, you mentioned Jessica Rabbit, mm-hmm. and there are two like, I mean, she is a hypersexualized character, one hundred percent. And Lola Bunny is a weirdly sexualized character. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with that? You look. Uh, I mean, I mean, Lola Bunny is an offshoot of you know, Girl Rabbit, right? right. Like Thumper and Flowers partners and Bambi, right? right. They're like. Eh, this bunny ha- is a little bit more voluptuous. Right. Uh, some more pink tones in this bunny. Um, little, it, it, I mean, it's such a lazy choice, and she doesn't do anything. And it's kind of that mid-90s, like, oh, you think it's going to be a sex object, but look how sassy she is. Oh, boy. She's a real girl power kind she of. Said, and it's she like, said, don't call me dear. Doll. And it's like, it ends up being more patronizing than if you just yeah. make her a straight up sex symbol. Yeah. Um, I, I hated it. I hated it. Um, Jessica Rabbit, I think, is more of a caricature, right? Like, she has comically oversized breasts, like, right? Like, ridiculously, yes. And, and like, it has been documented that, that uh, she, she has produced feelings in... Boys through men sure. from 1988 onward, right? Yes. Like, uh, people have run with it. But in the movie, it's not treated... Like, it is... She's There's a wink in it at all there's times. There's a wink in it. And also, she's the sexy dame in the noir movie. Right. Like... You're going off of that archetype. That's a so character it... from those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And, like, her character... Like, makes... I don't, I don't know. Her character doesn't bother me in the movie Mm-mm. but Lola Bunny just drives me insane because yeah. it's like wh- why why are you introducing this character what is she bringing to the movie what are you trying to say with it and when she's like don't call me doll but then she like that's it that's en- what they're trying to then say she like ends up with Bugs Bunny anyway right. yeah also I don't I 
Bugs Bunny being interested in a woman is weird to me. Yeah, isn't like, there yeah, like, kind of a history of... You, you yeah, were like, telling me about this. I, I, have, I, have read, I have not read extensively, but I have read people being like kind of upset about that because Bugs Bunny has kind of been a coded gay character or coded queer. Mm. Or at the, you know, uh, at the very least, like, asexual. He doesn't care about about women rabbits at least in any cartoons i remember mm-hmm. uh i do remember him dressing as a woman in a lot of cartoons mm-hmm. and like kissing elmer fudd to fuck with him i remember that that's great but like this lola bunny thing is just maybe a little problematic through a 2020 lens but look if a rabbit can dress as a woman to mess with a guy more power to that rabbit there's a lot of layers sure yeah but uh He's made of fur, and he has giant ears and a fluffy tail. I'm sorry. It's great. It's great. Um, oh, yeah. like So it's just like making Bugs Bunny a, a sexual creature who's interested in women. And the woman is wearing clothes, which means rabbits wear clothes, and Bugs Bunny never wears clothes. Well, he wears a basketball uniform for the big game. That's fair. That's fair. But it's just like... Why, why are we bringing this into it? Yeah. Why? Yeah. What is this giving us? Nineties. <sighs> Yay. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. So exhausted. Yeah. Hey Kate. Yeah. You wanna <laughs> you wanna start wrapping this up? I would love to wrap this up. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, let's do. I the feel final. like we haven't talked about Roger Rabbit enough, but that's okay. Uh, like. Yeah. Which is watch the movie. I mean, we'll say that too later. But But yeah, watch it. It's amazing. It's it's really great. Like un, I underrated might not be the right word for it cuz a lot of people really do under love acknowledged. this movie. Underacknowledged perhaps, yeah. Like it's it's barely a Disney thing anymore. Yeah. Like for a while they were pushing Roger Rabbit the character. They didn't have hard. anything else, but Yeah. But like now they're like, "What? Well, we don't care." Right. It's like no that this is one of this is one of my favorite Disney-ish movies, mm-hmm. right? Like Disney-ish. it's not it's not Disney, but it's it is Dis like it's Touchstone, so yeah. it's Disney. But um, yeah, it's super good. Uh, I I want to say one quick thing about Roger Rabbit uh, because this doesn't fit into any of our categories. I think it's really cool that Betty Boop is black and white. <gasps> yeah, I thought that was so cool. That yeah. was such a great touch. Because they could have had a color Betty Boop. Yeah. There's no reason they couldn't. They did not. But like, especially, again, in that first scene with Jessica Rabbit, like Betty Boop was like kind of a sexy cartoon Mm -hmm. for a while in a certain era, I guess. And then like, not only having her be kind of like, oh, I still got it. Mm -hmm. But like also having her be in black and white to like showcase the difference between her and Jessica Rabbit, who is wearing like a almost real looking super sparkly dress. Uh, yeah, I read that that was one of the hardest effects to. I bet that thing's <laughs> insane. To realize, yeah. So like, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, it's great. We should call it. Yeah. <laughs> Dick, let's move into the final cut. Oh, thank God. Series of segments, yeah. uh, starting with scene shout out. Oh my God. Would you like to shout out a scene from? Let's start with Space Jam. I would not. <laughs> no, okay. Um, scene for Space Jam. Uh, the golf. They're, they're golfing. Absolutely. Bill Murray is 
he like Bill Murray is always like this casual, nonchalant, hilarious, but it especially works for me in this movie where everything is completely wacky and off the wall, and he's just like, "Yeah, what do you want to You think I could play basketball? You think I could play basketball? <laughs> I, looking, I bet I could be. I mean, the NBA. They're looking for a guy. <laughs> like just like just pops in, says a little line, and just like his his I don't give a shit attitude really plays well in me being like, oh, Bill Murray shouldn't give a shit about this movie. And then he's like, like, oh, okay, cool. He doesn't. Awesome. Fun fact, you could have been shouting out Bill Murray for a Roger Rabbit scene um, if Bill Murray had known that he was being considered (laughs) for the role of Eddie Valiant. Yeah, so tell me more. Like, it seems like Bob Hoskins was maybe like choice 17. He's great. He's great. Oh, but I like, love him in the role. Like Harrison Ford was their top choice, yeah. and he was too expensive. Mm-hmm. And then they considered Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. But according to Wikipedia, Bill Murray was also considered for the role. But due to his idiosyncratic method of receiving offers for roles, Murray missed out on it. So Can you what, explain this to me? So what I knew of Bill Murray uh, <laughs> is that he has like a voicemail set up. Um, and if... If you want to pitch something, you need to have that voicemail. He number. has no agent and no manager. Never right. has. And you call and leave a voicemail pitching the movie or project. And if he calls back, then great. And if not, then you and just you never know. And it sounds like prior to that or in addition to that, there's a P.O. box. Yeah. That you just have to know to send a hard copy script to Bill Murray and he'll look at it or he won't. Like that's the kind of That's thing you could bonkers. do when you are a crazy in-demand actor. But he was doing it his whole career. He was doing it like before Ghostbusters, which is, from what I understand. Which is insane. That's insane. Love it. Anyway, uh, also Eddie Murphy, but he was confused on the core <laughs> concept, so he passed on it. Any, anyway, so, but yeah, Bill Murray, I really appreciate that scene. That scene yeah. in particular, you're right, the glossing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Space Jam scene. I appreciate Michael Jordan's fake kids with his real kids' names. They're so cute. There's a scene where they're like talking a little bit because like oldest kid is having some trouble with baseball, just like his dad who lives inside of him. Um, but they, but Michael Jordan has to go, and he's like, "Oh, let's turn on something for you guys to watch. Ah, Looney Tunes. That's fine." Um, right? Roadrunner. Ro- so yes, watch, specifically. She watched Roadrunner. Roadrunner. So the kids are watching the cartoon, and it's a classic Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner thing. And then, because in the cartoon world, Bugs Bunny calls a meeting of all the Looney Tunes because yeah. he's uh, he needs to explain to them that they're about to be enslaved by aliens from Moron Mountain. Which why does he call them? Me- it's fine. I think the aliens do. Remember they like tie him up and stuff. He's coerced into calling the tune meeting so that all of the tunes can be enslaved. Good job, Bugs. The point is, so so it's called in the middle of these kids watching the cartoon. So Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner get this news and then they leave the frame. <laughs> And so it's just this empty canyon shot. Yeah. And the kid's reaction to it is great. Like, yeah. They're really cute. They do a great job. The middle kid especially is my favorite. He just goes, dang, where'd they go? <laughs> and like if the whole movie was that kind of interaction, I'd be very entertained. Yeah. Uh, it's not, but that no. scene There are like lovely. little good pieces of movie in Tiny there. gems, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to give a, a special also 
Also, shout out to uh, the golf scene right after Michael Jordan gets sucked into a hole. <laughs> where no one talks about Michael Jordan getting sucked into a hole. They just go about their golf game like nothing happened. What doesn't Bill Murray improvises some kind of? Oh, he's like, he? oh, I hope he comes back yeah, or something I, I, like that. That's it. Very nonchalant. Amazing. Oh. So weird. All right, let's move on to Roger Rabbit, uh, where it actually might be harder to shout out a scene because yeah. there's more to choose from. Go, go for it, Dick. All of it. Wah, wah. Um, I'm gonna give my scene shout out to uh, the final Fong Fong Fong. Oh, oh. Rum rum. Let me try it again. The final confrontation with uh, Judge Doom, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. because uh, Christopher Lloyd, awesome, yeah. uh, gets run over by a uh, steamroller, and it turns out he's not a person; he's a cartoon. Wow! And then like all this crazy, awesome cartoon stuff starts happening, like, but scary yes. because you realize. Oh, if a cartoon wanted to kill you, they could kill the shit out of you. Yes. Like, Judge Doom, like, hits him with an anvil, and he, like, makes his hand turn into a giant saw blade, and, like, just really cool stuff like that. And it's it's a really fun scene. It takes all the rules of the cartoon universe. Um, Eddie Valiant uses uh, one of those, like, uh, uh, holes. It's like a a hole that you can put in things. To escape mm-hmm. at one point, he uses a like a super long punchy thing to to beat Judge. Di- like, great. Yeah, uses a lot of the things that we have learned mm-hmm. uh, to um, to to resolve the movie. Right. Uh, and Kate, ha! I'll let you shout out the scene right before this. Yeah, this is not my scene shout out, but oh my goodness! So he's got this. Judge Doom has these weasel henchmen. Yeah. And they are nasty and they laugh. Like, they're very hyena-like mm-hmm. in their approach. Um, and so they're um, operating this, you know, dip and spreader. Throughout, throughout the movie, he's like, like he's a, they say or he says, yeah, like, You're going to laugh quit, yourselves yeah, to quit death. Quit that laughing or you'll laugh yourselves to death. Uh-huh. And that was a good Christopher Lloyd. Thanks. Um, so they're operating this dip machine and, like, trying to get Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit. But then... Um, Eddie Valiant remembers that and then does all these pratfalls to make them literally laugh themselves to death. Yeah. And so one at a time, <laughs> these weasels meet their end by laughing so hard and like being this like evil, maniacal laugh, this like obnoxious weasel laugh. And then the second they die, they go silent. They turn into these Whittle angels that look so innocent. They put their hands together or start playing a harp. And they swoop up to to the heavens in ghost form. And just the the turn on a dime tone change of each of those makes me laugh every single... There's like, what, like five weasels? Like every single death. Three? Yeah. I thought there were more. Four? There are more because... Let's compromise and say four. They were supposed to be based... They were supposed to be a play on the seven dwarves. And they huh. cut two of them, so which makes me think that there were five because of math. But but yeah, in that scene there were only three. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Those There's a lot of die weasels. Just, whoop, like going up to heaven, uh, uh, like good old Skimble Shanks spinning around. Kate, okay, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, how, how did Ellie, Eddie Valiant know how to do all these pratfalls and fun things? Oh well, he 
learn them from Roger Rabbit? I don't no. remember. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. So uh, Eddie Valiant used to not be a sourpuss. Mm. Uh, he used to be oh, like yeah. his brother and he him used to be like clown. detectives together. And we also see that, yeah, they were clowns at one point. We went to clowning school together. Yeah. like Yeah. Like you do. We just, you just see a Clowning picture on his Academy. desk that this sourpuss used to be fun. Yeah. And he used to be a clown. Yeah. Mm, that's how you do backstory, damn it. Yeah. That's a good storytelling scene. It's just a series of fo- framed photos that yeah. tell you, you everything you need to know. Everything. But my true scene shout out yeah. is uh, the scene where Judge Doom is pursuing Roger Rabbit in the bar. Um, <laughs> there's so yes. much that goes on there so much to shout out including like the iconic lighting moment of Roger Rabbit and Eddie Valiant in this back closet hiding mm-hmm. and this lamp swings around and the way the shadows oh are cast God. on both cartoon and live action actor and the same it's so well done mm-hmm. but Judge Doom is, is looking for this bunny and ev- and no one's giving him anything to work with and they're bluffing to him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, what were you listening to on the record player? Merry-go-round broke down. Like, oh. oh. And he goes, nope, I know the sure way to get a tune out <laughs> from hiding. And he starts knocking on surfaces. Shave and a haircut. And as an audience, you're like, what does he do? And then he does it a couple times, and then you see Roger Rabbit in this closet just trembling with, oh, I need to finish it. I need to finish it. And then, like, the seventh time he does it, he busts out. Two two bits. Yeah. That's great. Oh, it's such a great gag. Yeah. And it's so, like, oh, you're like, well, okay, this isn't going to work. And then just his sheer... Oh, he's trying to hold it back. It's hey, you good. know what? I'm going to shout out another scene. Oh, uh, this is going to be the longest final cut in the history. Too of the bad. Great, uh, more great storytelling. We see early in the movie that Roger Rabbit's uh, girlfriend or wife was cheating on him by playing patty cake <laughs> with another man. Uh, so Not a euphemism. Actually playing patty actually cake. Actually playing patty cake. Uh, R.K. Maroon gives him a like a shot of whiskey. Like, drink this. You'll feel better. Mm. And we see Roger Rabbit like, React Go like a bonkers. cartoon. He like, goes bonkers. Like His head turns into a like a train whistle. Yes. He goes flying into the air. And later in the bar, mm-hmm. right after that, when Judge yeah. Doom catches him and he's gonna put him in the dip, yeah. And he's like, "Roger, you want to drink this shot?" And like, first off, there's the duck season, rabbit season. Also exchange. in Space Jam. Yep, but better than this. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's yes. the the duck season yes, rabbit. Do. No, I don't. Yes, you and do. then no, he I don't. takes no, you don't. the shot. Yes, I do. And he goes flying into the air. Yep. That's that's a setup and a payoff, yeah. and it's beautiful. Lots of that in this movie. Mm. All right. All right. Okay. We got to move on. Let's watch MVP. Roger Rabbit again. MVP. Who's wow. your MVP of both movies? Roger Rabbit. Sure. No, that's not true. Bob Hoskins. Okay. Uh, Bob Hoskins is amazing. Uh, I've seen him in, like, serious roles, uh, and he's very good in those. Uh, I've seen him in Mario Brothers. He's not very good in that, but he did what he could. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, best. he is perfect for this character, like a schlubby, like cranky detective with yeah. no humor. Like Bob Hoskins plays it like to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine Harrison Ford doing an okay job with it. Yeah, it'd be a different movie. Yeah, 
But with like Chevy Chase, I'm just thinking about like what a nightmare that would All be. All the mugging, yeah. <gasps> Excuse me. Ooh. It would be it would be not it's just like yeah. no. You need like the the fact that um it's not like a big comedic star. Yeah. Uh and and the fact that he's so grounded. Mm-hmm. And so like so very much in this character, it allows everything around him to go nuts. He's like the ultimate straight man. Yeah. Un- yeah, until that last sequence. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. What about you? Uh, Judge Doom as a character. <laughs> nice. It's so perfect. Like, not he's having so seen this scary. movie growing up, he's yeah. so scary. But it's such a good twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe I gasped out loud when I saw this movie for the first time yeah. a couple years ago. Like, oh, wow, that's a, such a cool way to do this. And like, and Christopher Lloyd is great, and he's wearing these like yellow tinted glasses the whole time because mm-hmm. the um, the conceit is that Eddie Valiant's brother was killed by a red eyed tune with a uh-huh. high pitched voice, and so he wears these yellow glasses to hide his red eyes. And mm-hmm. then once he goes full cartoon, his voice octaves up a couple yeah. times, and it's terrifying and such a good motivation for this character, right? That like he's killing tunes, but oh, he is a tune, so he's really effed yeah. up. Like, oh, just real good. And there are like, like if you rewatch the movie, there are like little bits where you're like. Oh, interesting. Where like right. he's wearing gloves when he puts that yep. shoe in the dip. In the dip, but, yeah. But also like I would wear gloves. The dip is kinda like steaming and it's, oozing. It's yeah, like it's, turpentine. Yeah. And it's like it's like all sorts of acetate and, yeah. and stuff like that. I would wear a glove. Yeah. Or when the dip spills, he like backs up. But right. I would back up. Right. I don't want that stuff on my shoes. Right. So it's kinda like you see him really giving some respect. To the danger of the dip, mm-hmm. but not so much that you're like, oh, he's, oh, a, cartoon. he's a cartoon. Yeah. Like the the reveal is a reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. If you're gonna cross over these two movies mm. in um, a way, shape, or form, yeah, what would you do? Okay, uh, so I would take um, the you know the the like so Eddie Valiant has like a, a cartoon gun. That shoots cartoon bullets. Yes. I would take that, those bullets, and Ugh. just let them loose in Space Jam. And just take take that movie out. It's just, yeah, there are some unfortunate uh, cultural stereotypes among yeah. those bullets. Yeah. Which we don't is, need those anymore. Which is also... A, we never needed them. It's cartoon tradition. Especially not anymore. Um, yeah, no, the... Like, I don't, I don't want any part of Space Jam touching any part of Roger Rabbit. Honestly... Like, what would I cross over? I'd cross over the budget of... I, here's what I cross over. Uh-huh. I cross over the green lighting of Space Jam to green light another Roger Rabbit movie. Mm. There we go. Yeah. I don't, sp- uh, no. Unfortunately, the opposite is happening. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron James is set to do a I, Space Jam I hope sequel. LeBron is better than... Jordan. I hope someone has learned... Because yeah. originally, again, th- there were a lot of... It's not Jordan's fault. No, it's not Jordan's fault. But there were a lot of ideas for Space Jam, so Skate Jam and Spy Jam, with yes. Tony Hawk or Jackie Chan. Um, and all of them included the original director. And so I'm hoping maybe the original director isn't accepting work anymore and we can get someone else Oh my on God, project, yes. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that challenge of you don't want anything from t- Space Jam touching Robert Ra- Roger Rabbit. I'm going to pull... Just Danny DeVito 
out of Space Jam. I'm going to, no, I'm going to put like Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, and mm-hmm. Wayne Knight out of Space Jam. Yeah. Put them in Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Like, great actors to be acting against cartoons or Muppets, whatever yeah. you want to do with that. Like, Danny De- DeVito would have been a great Eddie Valiant, yeah. I think. Like, not not necessarily replacing anyone, I th- but I want to see them interact with part Roger Rabbit childhood. and the fun cartoons of Roger Rabbit. Yeah. There's a large part of my childhood before I uh, knew who actors were that I thought Danny DeVito was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know who Bob fair. Hoskins. What what so, what like, kid knows Bob Hoskins? Small shrubby guys. And tr- yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, that's my crossover. That's yeah, a good I, crossover. Yeah, I like leave it. Space Jam. Yeah, where it is. Yeah. All right, it's time for the final. No, is it? What else? Oh my have? God! It is. Time for the final. Final. Cut. Cut. Where we take each of these Cut. movies and decide. Would we re-release them? Yeah. Would we create a special edition of them in some way, shape, or form? Right. Or would we throw them in the vault, okay. never to be heard from again? Kate, I, I'm going to challenge you to start. Uh-huh. I'd like you to start with Space Jam. Space Jam. Oh. Uh, which does not take place in space, just it to be clear. No, it does not. Um, some the, scenes. The jam not, happens on Earth. The jam happens under the Earth. That's t- in Looney Tunes that's land. Technically true. Yes. It should be called uh, like magma jam. Magma jam. Uh, yeah. Um, vault. There's a lot of ways that you can start to try to like. It's a fun thought exercise to be like, yeah, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny should work. How? Yeah. I don't want to do it. Vault. <laughs> okay. This movie was. There, uh, we were looking through some like YouTube titles on this movie to see if we could get some like background on it, and mm-hmm. one of them was simply called "Space Jam is worse than you remember," and I think I'd like to leave it at that. I I challenge that YouTube video uh, because there's no way it's worse than I remember. If you were a kid, though, I like, understand it is worse than I remember, and I never saw it a second time, which yeah. means I didn't super care for it. Yeah, but it's just a mess, Dick. What do you do with Space Jam? Okay, so we've talked about this a little bit. No, so uh-huh. um, basically I'd vault this movie, right? Because it's it's straight trash. It's just like Michael Jordan eating McDonald's fries and then like some bullshit happening. Yeah. And wearing Nikes. Um, but if we want to save this, this is a movie about a bunch of cartoon characters who need to gather together. Uh, they have a leader who like is like, hey, friends, we all need to get together to, to do this. And, oh, let's use Michael Jordan. He's great. It's it's Mickey. This yeah. is a this is a Disney movie. Yes. You do Mickey Mouse instead of Bugs Bunny. You do like Donald Duck instead of Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Right. Like if you still need to do Girl Bunny, that can be Daisy Duck. Fine. She's great at basketball. Uh, but like you when when Disney characters get together, they work together. Yes. And there is a moral at the that end. That is an established thing. And like Disney loves feel good sports movies where the underdog wins out. Mm-hmm. Looney Tunes are adversarial by nature. You put yeah. two Looney Tunes in a room. They're mean to each other. One of them's gonna try and kill the other. Yes. Or prank the other they're, or something. <laughs> they're like right? fighting fish, yeah. Yeah, they don't team up, right? But if you had Mickey being like, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta get together and save the day," yeah, great. 
It makes sense. That's really would it be smart. A, would it be a good movie? I don't know, but it would make sense. But the NBA, the entire NBA just spent several months in Disney World. Yeah. This could, like, this could be the premise for it, right? Like, they're in Disney World. That's yeah. where Mickey Mouse lives. Yeah, they stayed at Art of Animation and got sucked into the animation. Whoa. Boom. This is, uh, like, already a this bajillion a times better. This is a better movie. <laughs> Good idea. Thanks. What do you, uh, okay, so coming back to Roger Rabbit. Re-release. Re-release. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I love 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 this movie like maybe like some digital touch-ups or something right but but i i love it i don't want to change a bit of it yeah i say re-release and maybe take out those bullets yeah the, um, ra- the racist ass bullets sure but yeah no it it's fantastic yeah dick i was told to remind you and i'm pretty sure this is what you meant when you yeah. said it i was told to remind you that you had an idea for a roger rabbit special edition no you meant space jam i meant space great jam. The one I said. Great. Great. All right. Uh, so, all right. So, re-release. Yeah. It's unanimous. Uh, Roger Rabbit Special Edition. Make it the same. Make it the same. Cool. All right. This was really fun. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with this. I'm excited uh, to do some more movies. Yeah. Uh, like, we've got some really interesting stuff lined up. I'm right. really excited to... To figure out what we do next. Yeah. Um, but if you would like to figure out what we do next, whoa, you're welcome can, to. Wait, they can do that? Yeah. Well, how can they do that? Well, you have to find a golf course uh-huh. and then stick your entire body inside a hole. Wait, do we, do they suck us in? We the golf? live under the surface of the earth. We are now, cart- we've been doing this whole podcast yeah. as cartoons. We didn't tell you, but we're living under the surface of the earth. Also, to just... Because the, the golf courses for the Looney Tunes, we live under mini golf courses. Good, good. Yeah. Good distinction. Just to yeah. be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. You can reach us at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, Cellmates Podcast on Facebook, Cellmates Podcast at gmail.com. And that's if you have a pairing of two or, or more, a, a yeah. combination of movies that you think would pair well together on or the show. Or just like, hey, you guys got to watch Cars 2. Yeah, just a single movie and leave the pairing up to us. Yeah. Um, we love your ideas, and yeah. we've watched some super fantastic movies. Um, Stuff we never would have That we've touched. never heard of, uh, yeah, because of all of you. So thank you for yeah. listening, and thank you for suggesting. All right. All right, Dick. You're welcome. Uh, that's all. That's what I say. That's all, folks. Do both of those movies end with Porky Pig going, that's all, folks? I think so. Why wouldn't they? Fair. That's all. That is all, folks. And then Michael Jordan saying, can I go home now? Which is correct. Can I get paid now? Bye. Bye. Give me, a, give me a little talk. Give me a little hello. My name is this Kate. This is a little talk. Whoa. My name is Kate. That's a really good talk. Thank you.